Visit yamaha.com slash band for downloads, news, and product information about all Yamaha wind instruments. Chase Sanborn. Chase uh, brings an international uh, flavor to, uh, to our master classes for today. He, uh, though, grew up in uh, the New York area, uh, very familiar, so in a way kind of coming home, uh, you know, at least for this afternoon. He went to school at Berkeley and did his, his studies at, at Berkeley, moved to Toronto, has been in Toronto for about 25 years, developing a career there as a session musician. Uh, very successful uh, in, in uh, around Canada and Toronto particularly. He teaches at the University of Toronto. He's on the brass, uh, on the jazz uh, staff there. And through his educational uh, pursuits, he has developed a couple of very interesting and very popular methods books, brass tactics, and then uh, jazz tactics, which he will uh, tell you more about. So uh, without further ado, I'd uh, like to introduce you to uh, 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 Yamaha artist, a fabulous musician, and a great person. We're happy to have here Chase Sanborn. Thank you. There are five parts of your body that you use to play the trumpet. Essentially five parts. What do you figure is the most important part of the body for the trumpet player? It's not the lungs. The brain. It's the brain. That's right. That's the most important part of the body for anything we want to do. From a trumpet player, Absolutely. It's the last part that most trumpet players want to use. It's the last thing we do, we want to think. You know, we want to come in, turn on the TV and say, time to practice. Exercises anything, anything to avoid using the brain. The, the quote I like is the average, this was actually written by a piano teacher, but it really is applicable to trumpet players very much. It says the average musician will avoid, the, sh uh, the average musician wants to avoid the sheer horror and the discomfortness, the discomfort, the irksomeness, that quote, I can't get the quote exactly right, but of mental effort. The average student will resort to mechanical practice to avoid the sheer horror and irksomeness of mental effort. That's it. By putting your mind to what you want to do, you can accomplish 10 times as much. You know, 10 hours, an hour of practice with concentration is worth 10 without concentration, or maybe, maybe 100. So as a trumpet player, you have to think about what you want to do. Well, what do you want to do? You want to produce a sound and turn that sound into music. Don't want to just play high notes or do triple tonguing. You want to create music. And so the first and the most important thing is a musical command from your brain. I think probably the best thing you could do when you're practicing is as you're getting your horn out and you're warming it up, put on a record. Listen to something that inspires you. It could be trumpet playing. It could be something else. But something that gets your mind on music. So when you pick up this horn, you're already thinking music. And you're, and you're issuing this command to your body, which says, I want this to sound like something. play that and I'll listen and see how that sounds. Ah, it might be the, not be the first thing I played 
in the day. But ultimately, I'm going to pick up the horn, and I'm going to make a sound and compare that sound, compare the sound that comes out of here with the sound that's in my head. In your head, you should be the best trumpet player that has ever lived. If you can hear in your head Clifford Brown and Maynard Ferguson and Bud Herseth and Phil Smith and Lee Morgan and Doc Severinsen and Marvin Stamm, if you can hear all of those players in your head, you are now the greatest trumpet player that has ever lived. And all you have to do is to get all those sounds to come out of your horn. Good luck. That's what I'm trying to do. And I'm failing pretty much on all counts. But I try to get an amalgamation of all of that stuff. The main thing is that you think. So you go to play that part and you think, how would, how would Maynard play this? How would Clifford play this? How would Bud Hurst play that? And you get that, that sound in your head first. And then that's the command that's going to go to your body. And tell your body, here's what you have to do. You have to make this sound. Now, your poor body has to try to figure out how to make that sound. And it's going to make an attempt, and it's going to make some kind of sound, and your brain now should listen to that and say, uh-uh-uh, not even close. And okay, you file that back in your brain, you put it in your head. So if you hear... You think, well, it's got to be somewhere in between... Boy, that's the greatest thing I ever heard, and that's the worst thing I ever heard. Somewhere in between. You can't be so critical with yourself that you, you depress yourself. I remember, I remember Bobby Shue one time wrote an article. It was an article about warming up, and most of the article was about how much he hated warming up and couldn't stand the sound he made first thing in the day, so therefore tended not to warm up. And that was his article about it. And then he talked a little bit about warming up. But I, the, that idea that, you know, the first thing, the sound that you make first, you hate it so much that, you, that it puts you in a negative headspace throughout the rest of the day. Well, you want to, you want to maintain a positive headspace. You want to feel like, okay, it's not the best sound, but it's not the worst sound. Now, sound, that's what I'm looking for in a day. And I, and I talk about unlocking, or I think about unlocking the sound from my body. Somewhere in my body is the sound. It's not in the horn. It's not in the mouthpiece. Somewhere in there is that sound. Now, the brain's issuing the command. Now we deal with the other parts of the body which are going to actually physically produce the sound. Fingers, lungs, lips, and tongue. Those are the other four parts of the body. Now, the fingers, you'd think that would be the simplest. It's probably the part of playing that we are most designed for, pushing buttons. That's what the fingers are really designed for. Yet, because it's the, what we're designed for, trumpet players often ignore fingers. And if, you, and if I bring a student in and say, okay, I'd like to see you finger a C-sharp major scale, I see. Was that it? I said, I don't know, you tell me. If you watch, you tell me, is this correct? Was that a C-sharp major, C major scale? No, if you're a trumpet player, you look at that and you say, it's not this, it's this. When I do clinics for high school students, or particularly if there is more than one, if there are not just trumpet players in there, I say to the trumpet players, which is the harder scale, C major or C sharp major? The trumpet players always say, oh, C sharp major. And I say, okay, for the non-trumpet players, what looks more difficult, this 
or this. To a non-trumpet player, there's no real difference there, you know, and it's a half step away. There's not a range consideration. C-sharp is no, trumpet players might say, oh yeah, but there's a couple more notes that use the third valve. Well, saxophone players, guitar players, piano players are not going to have a lot of sympathy with that. that yeah. <laughs> you know, we have to use this finger some of the time. Notice, listen. That's what you should hear. Not this. Or this. It should be a click for every note. fingers have to move there and in fact the notes that I'm missing I'm missing with my chops but the fingers are going to the right place and they do that because I do a lot of practicing like this that's E flat it's surprisingly difficult and when you do that you can tell whether you miss a note or you don't if you sit in your band and you get a new piece of music and everybody around you starts going Trying to figure out the part, you should be doing this. Get the fingering, get the rhythms down before you ever play a note on the horn. You'd be amazed. You put the horn up to your face, you'd be amazed how it comes out. If your fingers really go to the right place, out it comes. If I try to play this note with this fingering down, The horn is fighting me. Well, as you play a line, every time you push a valve, every time you push the wrong valve down, which makes it unlikely you're going to get the right note, not impossible, but unlikely, or the valve is kind of coming down as you play, or up slowly, or it's dum like that. Every time you do that, in a little microcosm, you're doing that to your chops. You're forcing the try play note that the horn doesn't want to play. right valve is down, you have increased your chances of hitting the right note. As I just demonstrated, you haven't guaranteed that. No trumpet player at bats a thousand, that's for sure. But you will improve your batting average tremendously if your valve is, valves are down. So, practice. Practice fingering away from the horn. It has other advantages too. It provides rest in your practice routine. Most players don't rest enough when they practice. In between your, your exercises, do 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 each key. Take a major scale and finger it like that. Listen for the click of the valves. Do it one time perfectly. This is an important point. A practice routine is not really about how many notes you play. It's about how many great notes you play. So if you practice and you play 1,000 notes and you miss 300 of them, and I play 10 notes and I miss one of them, 
I've accomplished more than you in that practice session, and I will ultimately be the better trumpet player. See how few notes you can miss. How many mistakes can you avoid? And one of the easiest and most obvious is fingering mistakes. You have no business playing anything that you cannot finger perfectly away from the horn. So, fingers. Now let's talk about air. Air is our fuel. It's free. If gasoline was free and there was a gas station on every corner, some people would still run out of gas. You know, I could make it one more block, and you don't make it. The more fuel we have, the easier it's going to be to play. The natural process of respiration is when you're full of air and you relax, the air goes out. When you're empty of air and you relax, the air goes in. When you're full of air, the air goes out. When you're empty of air, the air goes in. This goes on every second of every day. It's why you don't die in your sleep. And we want to harness that natural process of respiration. So you take a nice big breath in. Now, to, to expel the air, to attack a note, all you really have to do is relax, like a sigh. a conversation, we're not aware of each other's breathing. We're not aware of, you know, we don't, we don't talk until we're running out of air, until the voice starts to get strained like this. If I was to do this at the end of every sentence, you'd get very uncomfortable. You'd think, man, I wish that guy would take a breath. Just stop for a minute and take a breath, because it's getting very uncomfortable. And if I was taking big gasps like that and continue talking, and you know, we don't do that. You don't hear that. You know, not one of you has noticed a breath that I was taking when I was speaking. You might have noticed one when I was playing, because when we play, we take bigger breaths. But ultimately, keep yourself full of air. I, on the upper half of the air as much as possible. That doesn't mean to that point, you know? Not to the point that you're starting to ache because that actually creates tension and we're trying to get away from tension. Tension is the enemy of the brass player. But a nice relaxed inhalation and exhalation. Now a major aspect of that is posture. For a brass player, you know, I mean, go out and Look at, look at your average high school trumpet section. Now that's, they're, they're great examples of the worst possible posture. Mind you, some professional players are not particularly great examples in some cases of great posture. And in some cases, I mean, sometimes students go, what about Miles Davis? And I go, well, okay, when you can play like Miles Davis, you stand however you want. But until then, stand like me. All right? Basically, we want an unimpeded airstream from the bottom of the lungs up to the lips. The lips should be the first point of resistance, not the throat, not the chest, just unimpeded airstream. It's like a hose, you know, it's like you, you, you want, you, you, you you take your hose, you turn the water on full at the tap, and now you control it with a nozzle at the end. 
you know, and you have much better control. So here's our nozzle, here's the end of the hose. Well, the, the more the air is flowing to the back of the lips, the better the control you're going to have at the far end. And you're going to let the air do as much of the work as possible. great trumpet player, basically what you're hearing is that flow of air. Now you hear that you hear that the thing that well playing is 99% air or it's 90% metal and 9% air and 1% everything else and to me that's a little bit of a misnomer because if your armature is not functioning correctly or efficiently it really doesn't matter how much air you put into it. You know you're still going to have problems. So everything is always a balance between armature and air. But as much as possible, you want to shift the balance to the air. You establish that first, that the air is moving freely. Then you adjust the embouchure on the air. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. So posture, elbows away from the body, chin up, horn up. That's, that's the biggest one. I mean, just listen to the difference in the sound. This is common. The notes go down, the horn goes down. But it's exactly the opposite of what you want it to do because when your horn goes down, you close off your throat. The air passage is now smaller. Well, what happens in a smaller air passage? If you put your thumb over the end of that hose, what happens to the water? It speeds up. Well, you're trying to play a low note. looking for a loud low note, you need lots of air moving relatively slowly. Constrict that air passage and it's going to be very hard to get any air through there or the, or the quantity of air that you want at the slow velocity that you want. Very hard to play a low note when it's constricted like that. Now, as you ascend into the, into the upper register, you need to keep that air passage open as all the way up, but you need to start to close it down here. This is where your point of resistance is, not here. So instead of what I call the classic student high note, actually, that's better than it usually sounds. That's closer. That's closer, I think. Did I hit it? You know, and I'm blanking out. <laughs> As opposed to... There has to be air flowing through there to get that, to get that note and not constricted down like that. Find out why players around the world are raving about Yamaha Artist Model Trumpets. These Artist Model instruments showcase the attention to detail and focus on quality that only skilled craftsmen can bring. No effort has been spared in the design and production, with the ultimate goal being to offer a handmade instrument that is truly at the pinnacle of manufacturing standards and to achieve the quality level necessary for the most discriminating artist. Visit www.yamahaartistmodel.com to see why your next trumpet 
it just might be a Yamaha artist model. Now, embouchure, the source of so much frustration and, and fascination and, and wealth for mouthpiece makers. classic elementary school band sound. Or once I was at a music educators convention and I said, do any of you have students that sound like that? And one teacher raised her hand and said, I sound like that. <laughs> it's honest. Well, if you've never played the trumpet before and somebody hands it to you, you go, there's no sound. And you don't get sound until the kid next to you says, no, you got to go, and you go, and you're thrilled, you know? You got some sound. You got sound, but you got sound that is the sound of an embouchure that is choked within an inch of its life, right? Because you don't know yet really what to do with this. You're just happy if you get any sound at all. So your embouchure is so tight just to produce a sound. Well, from that moment on, your goal is to do this. with your embouchure. Because like this, just what's happening to my voice, the sound is choked off. The vibrations are choked. That's tension. It's excess tension. And you want to start relaxing, relaxing it. The more you can relax your embouchure, the more it's going to vibrate on a given amount of air. This is about efficiency. This is about converting air into vibration. You cannot have a completely relaxed or flaccid embouchure. There's got to be enough tension there for it to vibrate. But I think that most players play with an excess amount of tension, more tension in the embouchure than is actually necessary. And if we can learn to relax that, you get more sound. There's a few days in my life where I had perfect chops. And I wish you could have heard me, because I played so great. <laughs> Unfortunately, nobody heard me. I was in my practice room, and it didn't last very long. It was, you know, but, but, but you know, when you discover a, a good practice routine, what often happens is you go, wow, you know, this is it. This is making me feel really good, and now if I just do this every day, I'm going to feel really good. And that may work for a little while, but one of those days, you're going to go, it's not working today. I don't get it. You know, I have tried to figure out the secret to this, to say, well, what, you know, what is going to make me feel really good? You know, is it if I play a real good, hard-pounding gig tonight, am I going to feel really good tomorrow? Or if I lay off completely today, am I going to feel really good tomorrow? There's no real rhyme or reason to it. I can't guarantee. Sometimes I pay a, play a pounding gig, and I wake up the next morning, it's right there. Other days, I wake up, and I go, ooh, wow, that's terribly unresponsive. Other times, you lay off a day, and you pick up the horn, and you're very stiff and unresponsive. Other times, you lay off a day, and you pick it up, and you feel absolutely fantastic. There's no real rhyme or reason to this, except that if you practice consistently and intelligently on a daily basis and you live healthy, you will play better. You will, really.